Hey everybody, welcome to the Rogue Rebels podcast, and I am the solo Rogue Rebel today because I'm talking about special features. But that's okay, because even though I'm a lone Rogue Rebel, I have another very cool Rebel with me. She is the East Coast Sabine, the Star Wars geek girl herself, Zoe. Hi. What's up, Zoe? Nothing. Coronavirus. Yeah, that is definitely, like, growing in danger <laughs> and, like, man, it's not even, like, a real thing. I know. Hey, I mean, in is, Pennsylvania, though. at least, we're having a strong decrease for one of, like, four states that's having a strong decrease, so. I'm very happy for you. Uh, that, I, yeah, uh, that's not your case over there, is it? No, my state was like, but Memorial Day, and now look at you fools. <laughs> Look at you! Uh, but hey, you know, like... No, I don't... There's no positive spin I can put on this. <laughs> I can't. It's horrible. It shouldn't be happening. And uh, it just goes to show you that the selfishness of Americans will not be defeated. <laughs> Every other country was like, look, we need to protect lives. And people were like, I understand. And America's like, I want a Memorial Day, though. But what about to Applebee's. <laughs> but I need to go to restaurants. But it's my birthday, and I'm graduating. And also, I'm free to not... You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> Disney Gallery Star Wars <laughs> The Mandalorian is a series that goes behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. And I suspect in the future it'll go behind the scenes of all kinds of other stuff. Hopefully. Yeah, but right now it's The Mandalorian and I'm happy because I would not have watched it if it was like Disney Gallery behind the scenes of what else came out that I didn't watch. I don't know. Uh-huh. Future oh, like Diary Disney of Plus a Future original. President or something like or that. What's so, there's like High School Musical something too. There you go. Right? I would have been like, pass. Hard pass. I'm sure they'll do stuff for like for the Marvel shows. I don't know if I'm going to watch those, but I think I those will. will be cool. I don't know if I'll watch I'll the probably the watch Loki. Because I like Loki. I think the but, first one is the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'll probably watch some of that. And if they do, like, good fight choreo, because Captain America has dope fight choreo, so if, like, they have some of that team, <laughs> I'm, I, I would be interested in that. What else is there? What else? There's, like, that one and Loki. There's another one. Uh, Hawkeye. Uh, oh, yeah. Hawkeye, Hawkeye is the other one. Yeah, Hawkeye. I'm waiting for She-Hulk. That sounds like... I, w- I really want to see She-Hulk. Yeah. Buff Lawyer. <laughs> I'm, I'm about this. Um, okay, so I guess let's just talk about this series and talk about The Mandalorian and talk about how wonderful it is since you are a Mandalorian and you like filmmaking. Yes. And the rest of my family was not interested in watching this. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Okay, season one, episode one is directing. So they like literally sat down with all directors, which was really cool. It was like, it was Favreau, Filoni, uh, Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika Waititi. And Taika, yeah. Taika, I love Taika. He's, Everything Taika does is... Yeah, he's just a fun person. I know. I uh, want to hang out with him. I, really, I want to hang out with that room of directors. I feel like that would be great. a lot of fun. It definitely does. Like, And it's <laughs> funny because we've all like heard a lot of these like baloney stories and like yeah. the way that he goes off on like the things and I love that like... Uh, that was one thing I noticed in the show was that like when Filoni 
talked sometimes like he would just like kind of get into whatever he was saying and everyone was like quiet like most of the time they're all like laughing with each other each other and like even kind of interrupting each other a little bit but like Dave just kind of like, like when he this is the second episode but when he went into that long thing like explaining the Phantom Menace right, fight right. everyone's like dead quiet and just listening to his wisdom <laughs> and that's how I felt I was like enthralled in what he was saying yeah I, I love it I, I just and it was really cool to hear them talk about how it was like it was like you know when you're a director you're always like alone you work at the helm of the ship and that's it <laughs> Like, but doing this, it was like, you get to talk to other directors and like, now you're hanging with the other and you guys all make decisions and it was fun. And I directed a scene in this episode. And then we like, it sounded really, really cool. And like an experience that you don't really get to share. Cause even like most show directors, like they don't collaborate like this. They literally like pop in, okay, next director. And you pop in and you do your episode and then you're gone, you know, for the most part. Like, yeah, well they, that's, like in my classes we have like different like people who direct different like tv and films like come in as speakers and we had this one i forget what her name was she was only there for like a little bit because she had to go somewhere but she was talking about how about like what you were saying like she kind of like directed her episode and she only kind of knew like the bare minimum mm -hmm. like most of the time when she directs shows like the bare minimum of what she needs to know for that episode and then, like, she directs it, and then they're just like, all right, that was fun. Bye. <laughs> cool episode. Bye. Thank you. Money. Uh, yeah, it's cool. And I like how, like, I, I still am a big fan of what's happening right now with Star Wars. Is, like, people who really, like, loved it are getting the, like, this chance to be a part of the creative force behind it. And I think that really helps, like build that universe and like like you know like Filoni has loved it forever and we know that we've got Clone Wars and Rebels and all sorts of great things from him but now you have these other people like even Bryce Dallas Howard who was like yeah Uncle George is like you know <laughs> I've always been about this and like he talks about it and then like now I get to do it and like that's really cool and then also she has so much experience in like other things she's like yeah I've, you know as an actor I've seen this side of it but now as a director like really running things I sort of you know, and you're able to get on this other side of the camera. And that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I thought yeah. her section in that first episode, the first episode I think was my favorite out of all of them. But like her section was really interesting because she hadn't really directed much before this and she was just an actress. Right. Um, and I'm not just an actress, like right. that's not really important, but you know. Right. And, um, and she was talking about how, like how she like was able to be, like being directed helped her learn how to direct, which was like really cool, but it also, cause like my professors sometimes would be like, oh yeah, you should all take acting classes to learn how to direct. And I'm like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> right. like, but I know I have to. She's versed point. in that to suck it up. <laughs> from like working on the other side, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's a big part of directing that people don't think about. Like you are putting all these pieces together, but you have to be able to communicate to the people what you're trying to get out of them. You know what I mean? And actors is a big part of that. Like. Uh, and it's something that like people don't really think about it, especially people that don't or haven't seen this or don't know how like the things work. Like uh, communicating with all the you know actors or the people that are on screen, but there's so much, like you got to be able to, you know, like you're the person who makes those decisions of like, hey, like this set looks great, like why, like or if it doesn't look great, you got to be able to be like, no, I need more here or less there or lighting change here or hard shadows or soft shadows. Like all of those things, 
need to combine, like you have to be able to communicate in addition to having that vision, you have to be able to communicate it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. That's what a lot of people don't understand of why directing is so difficult because it's not like you're just like, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, and then my pie comes together. Yeah. Like you and need to be able to explain the ingredients. <laughs> Sometimes it's not as easy. Like I used to do, a lot of people wonder about my Twitter name because it's Sal Music. And I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> and if you know me now from Star Wars, you don't know anything about music. But I used to do, like, music, and I scored movies and videos and stuff like that. And I was in the industry for, like, a little bit. And it's like, you know, you work with directors who you can communicate with. And then sometimes you work with directors who, like, don't really know what they... And it's a lot more difficult. You know what I mean? Like, I can... All right. What happened? Hey, my iCloud settings account or might be out of date. Oh. All right. Wonderful. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> You know, like, if I'm working with somebody who's like, I want, you know, action music. All right, like, do you have an idea? Like, can you point me in a direction, or should I just do what I think? And a lot of times they'll be like, well, you're the expert, you do what you think. And then I go and I do what I think, and then I come back and they're like, mm, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, like, I need, you know, like, you need direction to get what they want. And sometimes they don't have the tools to communicate that, and it's weird to try to like, you have to hone in on these things, you know? Right, and I think that's something that made like, the, this like team of directors so powerful, because while they're all like, very generally, like they know what they're doing, I think like, some of them, obviously just because that's how everyone works, have like more specific strengths than others, you mm -hmm. know? And so you have like, like Bryce Dallas Howard, he's like really good at working with actors, and you have Dave, who has a more Star Wars background than anyone else, and John, who's been working with like the bigger special effects for a while, and like all of them bring their own strengths to the table. And so it's good that, in a sense, if there's anything that any of them didn't really know how to communicate with like a composer or someone doing lighting or anything, they had the other ones who knew what they were doing to work cohesively and bring the vision to life all together. Right. And yeah, that's really, really cool. And there's like, you know, because I don't know too like I know Bryce Dallas Howard, I know Filoni, I know Favreau. I didn't know too much about Rick Famuyiwa or Deborah Chow, but I love her style. Like Deborah Chow specifically also has like an eye for action, which is dope because you know that's another thing that I'm into <laughs> is action and stunts and like martial arts and like the way that they uh, get into those things like in a couple episodes is really cool too. Um, yeah, this is great. Episode yeah. oh. two, Legacy. <laughs> the team imagines, examines the profound impact of George Lucas' Star Wars. Okay, this is the one where basically the whole episode leads to Filoni's speech about how awesome was, Star Wars is. It was amazing. And why episode one is dope and why we should all watch it again, particularly when I watch it right after I read Queen's Peril. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That was a really cool episode because they also were bringing in people like a lot of people who worked with George on the prequels and the originals um, and talking about like how, like what it means, I guess. And they were just talking about, and I think like Dave put it really well when he was saying that like, yeah, you know, we all love like the lightsabers and the, you know, and the ships and everything, but like the main story and like Luke Skywalker, like overcoming the evil and, you know, just his love for his father being the ultimate power. And like that story is what really attracts us to yeah, it, which it I think was awesome. Or he said like the hope, the hope that's like inherent in these stories, 
mm-hmm. is what it is. You know, it's not like it's not really about badass blasters and lightsabers <laughs> and spaceships and blo- bloom bloom and like you know force pull like and lightning it's like about the stories and the characters and like that's for me the thing that always like draws you and keeps you to a good story in Star Wars particularly is like the characters because that's yeah. what it really means like if you you know like when we first started Rebels and we're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And like, he's got a lightsaber and look at that cool ship. But then as you fall in love with those characters, by the time we get to the end or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like you're so invested in the character's journey that like, I mean, the story is important too, but like the story, it's always about the characters and like what it means and what, how they grow and change and what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, and Yeah. And you think, like, with Rebels, like, season three and four, there's almost no lightsaber fights anymore. Right. Because at that point, like, like of course, lightsaber fights are awesome, but at that point, I think it's, like, we don't, you don't need the, the visuals to, like, bring people in. You don't need that clashing sabers, because mm-hmm. by that point, everyone's so in love with the characters. Right. That they're okay just watching things a little, be a little, I mean, there's still a lot of action, but things be a little bit more mundane and focused on those relationships but even more focused on like what it is that they're doing like by the time we get to season three or four we're like to the building rebellion stuff and you're like oh my gosh there's so (laughs) a boy or at least i am but you know uh yeah it was i I love the way that they talk about how much like and filoni in particular how to connect it and like what the legacy of star wars means and how these things like how they built that story into being like, okay, we sold this vision. It's going to be a Mandalorian. He's going to have a mask. It's going to be cool. But really it's about these characters, you know, it's about the Mando mm-hmm. and his honor and his way of life and this child and like what they're going to do and how that affects him. And I also am a big fan of Lone Wolf and Cub or the American version, which is Shogun Assassin, <laughs> which is basically the Lone Wolf and Cub with like eighties action music, which I love for some reason. Uh, but yeah. I, well, I, I'm all about this concept. Yeah, and I think um, I think what Dave said too in that episode. That episode was really just about Dave talking. It's, like everyone else was like, good contribution, but like Disney Gallery. This is Dave's Dave episode. <laughs> just all Dave. Um, but he also was talking about how like Star Wars is really about family, which I think was like like watching because I watched like one and two like back to back just recently, and I thought it was really. Interesting, because you think, like, no one in Star Wars ever really, when they accomplish something, it's never really by themselves. Or if it is by themselves, it's because of everything they've learned and been supported by with other people. And I think that's, like, really poetic that, like, the Mandalorian and all of Star Wars are all brought to life by, like, groups of people working together and bringing their vision to life. Yeah. You know, and I think the Mandalorian having a team of directors really embodies that. Yeah, definitely. And I really like, like, I'm curious, uh, like, what did we get? We got a couple of tweets from, like, Robert Rodriguez, who I've been a fan of for a while. And, like, what is it? Peyton Reed, right? I don't know. I think it was Peyton Reed. And I think the only thing I know him from is he did Ant-Man, which I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, but Robert Rodriguez, like, he also comes from this world of, like, really low-budget, like, you know, guerrilla-style filmmaking. So I'm interested. And he has, like, a very unique voice as well so i'm curious to see how that carries over but i feel like it's one that would fit because if you look at the mandalorian and desperado (laughs) you could kind of interchange them 
Yeah, well, and I think, too, like, I think what, I mean, I keep going back to that first episode, but, like, what I really liked was that the directors did have their own unique voices. Like, Taika, I think, has, like, a very, if you watch Taika Waititi's movies, even Marvel movies, which are, like, part of a franchise, and he just did, like, one installment, Mm -hmm. he has a very specific, like, humor and even way of, like, framing things. And I think, like, he talked about, like, having to find a balance between what he does and, like, the Star Wars style, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think, like, when you watch the finale, to me at least, like, I'm watching it and I can feel, like, it's still Star Wars, but I can feel, like, Taika's influence in it, even mm-hmm. if it's not as strong as it is in, like, Ragnarok or what we do in the shadows or Jojo Rabbit. Right. And, um, and I, so I think, like, any director gets to work on The Mandalorian is going to get to, like put their own thing in it stamp on it yeah yeah and i I think that's that's really cool because i think i think star wars can only benefit by expanding into all different styles and even like playing with genre a little bit yeah but i mean like kind of the clone wars was the like evidence of that you know what i mean like that's literally what they did they were like let's do a seven samurai episode let's do a godzilla movie let's do it like and they got to do all like they got to do whodunits they got to do a horror (laughs) movie they got to do godzilla like and proving that Star Wars can sort of go beyond all of that genre and remain unique, but also like, put its stamp on those things. And also, like, where we are now, like, you can't keep just looking back. Like, you're never going to grow, you're never going to change, and, like, I don't want the... Uh, I don't know who does, but it, it, I, you, I don't want the Empire Strikes Back over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I want fresh, I want new... Star Wars, and you're going to get new people by growing and changing and, like, showing off stories that reflect that now and, you know, different voices and more unique voices and more expansive voices. And, like, I'm all about growing. (laughs) And so I'm glad that Star Wars is doing that. And, I like, even, like, a lot of people are like, only the movies, man, only the movies. Like, fine, have your movie. (laughs) <laughs> like, give me stuff like this. I will watch this over and over and enjoy and love. And, uh, you know, I hope to see movies that are unique, like Rogue One. Uh, but also, like, if they want to be like, well, the movies are the this, and then we have shows that do this. Like, that's still kind of growing things, and I like that. And I hope that they keep finding new avenues to do this, you know, like TV shows. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's one thing that, like, you know, Star Wars has pretty much come to every entertainment medium at this point. Because mm-hmm. even they even did like a radio drama, drama and like everything. That's true. So With I think, like, yeah. So I think <laughs> like, you know, I think just the fact that they're expanding into like different mediums too, besides just film and TV, right. in the long run is going to bring us a lot, and it already has brought right. us a lot. And I'm excited to see, you know, what started in 1977 going so far (laughs) once again i think it kind of all goes back to clone wars like that was the first like testing ground for like hey we're gonna make a star wars tv show like you know like but it's gonna be dope (laughs) it's gonna be awesome we're gonna tell these really cool stories but it's gonna be in a tv show you know and now we're like it was a cartoon so people who just hey it's a cartoon i don't take that seriously okay (laughs) dude who doesn't take cartoons seriously but like the stories are there, and if you choose to consume them, which I do, 
you are going to enjoy yourself or should. At this point, I don't even really get like annoyed or anything with people who don't watch Clone Wars Rebels. I'm like, all right, that's your loss. <laughs> like, yeah. you're the one missing out, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know awesome things. <laughs> and then they're the same people that are like, wait, what's this really awesome lightsaber in the Mandalorian? I'm like, dude. <laughs> I've been telling you. Uh, the, uh, it's fine. Somebody did like one of those little memes from Rise of Skywalker, and it was like, you know, all the Jedi voices. And then it was the lady at the end of the movie, and she's like, me who hasn't watched Rebels or Clone Wars. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was cute. <clears throat> okay, episode three, cast. This was fun, because this was like where the people got to tell their stories. And like mm -hmm. Carl Weathers got to talk about how he's Carl Weathers. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so funny when he, they because they were talking about they were originally going to put him in like a big prosthetic, and then John was like, oh no, we can't cover up your face, and Carl yeah. was like, I figured. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I really like how, like, Pedro kind of talks about it a little bit, like, working with the stunt people. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those stunt dudes, his name is, uh, it was Latif, and he's part of, like, 8711, or these guys that have been, like, doing a lot of this like cool stunts from back in the day and uh like he's a guy that i've watched for a long time like do a lot of cool stuff and he uh, he's always like the capoeira guy in a lot of these movies and it's like another guy that i looked at is like well i mean whoever gets famous i could double him i guess because like when you look like <laughs> me you can't like hey we need a stunt double for captain america mm, count me out like <laughs> you know so I was yeah. like, well, if he ever makes it, then at least I can stunt double him. <laughs> but also, he does way better martial arts than me, so there's not really a reason why he'd ever need a stunt double. But uh, hey, you know, I will just be in his corner he, and cheer. He can stunt double you. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out he's, he's, he's in a helmet, and he fits his dreads in there. So good job. Yeah, he can figure good job, it out. Good job, Larnell. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Larnell. Larnell's a, another guy. Good job, Latif. Uh, but I, yeah. I did like how Pedro Pascal wasn't like, he wasn't like, trying to exaggerate because from the looks of it there's almost no video of him in the suit doing stuff besides when he has his helmet off <laughs> so like i think like because i was reading i was like, like i understood that there was a lot of scenes that weren't him but i think i in my head figured he did more than it looks like he actually did right um which isn't because he was doing other i think he was working on wonder woman at the same time so mm. um no like disrespect to him but i, I did like that he wasn't trying to like overplay how much he did and because you know it, it would have been since he's the face and the voice it would have been easy for him to be like oh yeah you know i did all this but he was very like he was very respectful of the fact that he didn't really do much of the body work right. and how he had to end up replicating the stunt doubles because they did so much more than him but i thought that was cool and he seemed like a cool dude yeah he seems nice and he seems like he has fun with it too mm -hmm. you know and also he got wrecked <laughs> Yo, which that was, was funny that and was a great like it's funny to hear him talk about it because he's like dude i've been doing these movies and like we're doing these really unsafe things and like it's fine and then this i just like fell down and hit a two by four or something <laughs> like coming well, that out of was, a trailer that reminded me of um the first set i was on we were doing a scene where um the male lead was like covered in blood and he ended up like i think he walked in he got hit by a door or something too and he had, <laughs> he wound up getting like a bruise and we're like well I mean, it works, so, you know. I mean, yeah. he didn't have to go to the emergency room like Pedro Pascal did, but I just thought that was funny, you know. We were, uh, when, I was, I used to do a lot of stunt stuff, too. So, like, I've been on these sets where we're like, what are we doing? Well, 
I mean, can we throw a guy through that door? Yeah, I mean, we could try. <laughs> like, and you're doing like these. I did one where uh, basically there were there's like two guys fighting, and it's like out in the desert on that famous mountain that's in all the deserts, like in the in the Mojave somewhere. And the guy's supposed to like run up and like tackle the guy off the cliff so that they both go off. We shot it like two or three times, and it was like. You know, he couldn't really run up the hill too well. <laughs> like, anyway, and then the guy was, like, seven feet tall that he's trying to hit and knock off, and then it doesn't look quite believable either because he's knocking, like, a 250-pound dude that's twice the size of him off of the cliff. Like, so we were trying to get the shot down, and then also he was scared to jump off the edge because then you're dropping a good 10, 15 feet down to the bottom. And we had, like, a mattress down there <laughs> with some cardboard boxes. Oh, no. And then my uh the producer and like we were talking i was like hey make sure like hit him with your shoulder and like duck forward and make sure you're pushing through so your body looks like it goes forward but you can still straighten out on the body like trying to explain how to do these things without <laughs> like you know and then the guy's like yeah like this and then he just threw me off the cliff and i was oh, like no. well that worked and then the other guy was like can we just use that shot i mean he's half the size but because i was not seven feet tall Oh. <laughs> uh, but I've been on a lot of shoots where you do a lot of things that are like semi-dangerous and you're like, I don't know, does this work? Like, can we just get the shot? Can we just get the shot? This might work. Uh, I did another shoot where we used live blades because that's all we had. <laughs> and we fought at like three-quarter speed, but they were live blades. If anybody slipped, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> you know. But, you know, that's indie filmmaking for you. So it's funny to see, like... Yeah, well... You know. I um we we did a we shoot guns in the film like shotguns, and we didn't have like like we had blank rounds, but we couldn't like just fake like the sparks, mm -hmm. and you know they're shotguns, so they're really loud, and yeah. none of us had headphones or anything, so I like I was doing slate, and it was a close up, so like we had the camera, and I just we had the camera, I did the slate, and then I just run and hope I got um far enough before I had to shoot because your ears would be ringing for like the rest yeah. of the day. Okay, I did, one of the last ones I did was uh, the fight scene was inside of a car and then he like kills us all and then gets the gun and shoots out the window, right? Mm -hmm. But, so they're blanks, but inside of a car, like the sound kind of bounces off and reverberates. <laughs> and then like, it was me and the guy in the front seat who were like, right, like he's literally shooting out the window in front of me. You know what I mean? So, like, we're right by the gun. And we're, like, in there, and, like, the camera shot is so close because we're in a car, so we can't really... You know, normally when there's blanks and you're getting stunt shots from further away, you can, like, hide uh, ear, you know, ear, uh, earplugs and stuff like that. But um, these shots were so close that we couldn't do that. <laughs> so, but I know for a fact that I ruined two shots because the blanks were coming right out on me. And oh, they no. were so hot that, like... One got in my shirt, and I was like, ah, 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 but I'm supposed to be dead. <laughs> you know, but it slipped, the blank flew out, flew in my shirt, and burned me all on the inside. Oh, ah, no. ah, ah. And then the other one, it went just on my pants, it was burning me. And that one, I kind of like just flicked my wrist real quick, so hopefully I was just a dead guy with a twitch. <laughs> uh, and they didn't catch that, but the other one like got in my shirt, and I had to like get it out. <laughs> but yeah, being in a car with blanks is like a lot worse than being outside 
where the sound came No, yeah, away. we were outside. The yeah. problem was that it was like an open kind of field with like wood surrounding it, so mm -hmm. it bounced off the trees a yeah. little bit. So it just had like a little bit of reverb, but not as much as a car. Sound is crazy, y'all. Like, yeah. it, when you're that close, it feels like it hits you. <laughs> like, every shot is like, <laughs> like, you feel this, like, thing. Movies are fun. Yeah, that seemed fun, too, because um, he had a, like, you know, have you ever used dust balls on the set? Where it's like a paintball gun, but they're dust, so it, like, makes it look like it hits something. Uh -uh. I got to shoot, like, a bottle with a dust ball gun. It was really fun. Sounds fun. I don't think I've ever done that. No, it was yeah. fun. I hit it on the first try, too, and I never shot a gun before, nice. so I was proud of myself. Awesome. Uh, yeah, blanks are no joke. <laughs> uh, what, what else? That was also the episode with Gina, where she got to like talk about being Gina. Gina is my favorite Star Wars girl right now, I think. Oh, she, she was amazing. She is amazing was... and lovely and wonderful, and like so very, very humble. In fact, like... I think we talked about this before, but when we were at the premiere, like, we got, you know, she came up and she signed our little thing. And, like, you know, like, Lizzie was like, oh, you're, like, a really cool inspiration and stuff. And she was like, look, it's not on purpose. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. And she was, like, so nice and kind and humble. And, like, like, she looked like she was about to cry the whole time and, like, overwhelmed in that really honest way, you know, like, a very Kelly Marie Tran, like, you know, like, you're just a person and this is a wonderful place in your life that you get to be in. And so I hope she continues to enjoy that place um, because she is a delight. She's so great. I loved her. I think she felt like the episode spent like a lot more time on her than it did the others. But I was just like, like captured by her and she was talking and she just like, I think the first the AD, the uh, Kim Richards, I think was her name. She was mm. like, yeah, like we were, had to like move Pedro and she just picked him up and just started dragging him. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, when everybody realized I was strong was when I picked this dude up and put him inside <laughs> like a toy. And uh, yeah, that was, I enjoyed that a lot too. I just like her like, you know, cause she talks about a little bit about being like self-conscious in Hollywood, which is like a very common thing over here. You like, you know, like, People in movies look a certain way and everybody's like, you know, like there are these standards and that she doesn't fit in those standards or what the normal of those standards is. But I love that John was like, no, I want you to be in this role because I want this role is made for somebody like you to be this person. I don't want you to conform to a leading lady thing to be the leading lady. We made this leading lady that fits you. And that's awesome. You know, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it clearly makes her happy. You know? And <laughs> yeah. That also makes me more happy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I like her a lot. Uh, what's the next episode called? I moved the man. That technology? Technology. No. Oh, that happens. Yes. Yeah. They talk about that... the volume. Oh, I, I want to go there. <laughs> it's... It's the coolest thing. And it's such a like, yeah, it's, I love that. Like it really focuses on what, like since Lucas was a part of Star Wars, it was always pushing things forward, you know? And you don't like necessarily need to push things forward to tell a story, but the fact that they did and are able to make this story, of, like to make a TV show that 
brings down the budget in a way that they can use it and to do what they did to make this real is a big thing and probably why there wasn't a Star Wars on TV forever because you couldn't do this. Yeah, and well, and I think it's great because now like this thing like exists and they can use it for everything now and like they have it, which I think is so cool and just, and they're talking about how they use like, they didn't just do like video on the screens. It was like a, like a video game software. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, I started looking up video software classes at my school. Nice. Um, but like, it was just cool that like they have all this freedom and power to do this and they could like, just like move stuff around and then film at a whole new set in like a day. Yeah. You know, besides like, I think they were like, oh, well, we, if we didn't shoot the floor cause there was like sand or something on it. Right. Right. But like, it's just crazy. Cause it looked really real. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I never would have known that they weren't on location. It's like almost indistinguishable. And if you look at the, uh, you know, like we kind of saw this coming. If you've been watching like the movies they talk about in, I think like, I think Rogue One is the first one where they're like, we set up this 180 degree wall to do hyperspace while we shot them in the cockpit. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, that makes sense. And then in Solo, they go more into it and how they like built the rig and they're like flying through the whole asteroid field or, or the, the Kessel Run sequence. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I like... Like, it's sort of been building to this, and this is the next, like, big step, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, and it's not, like, the actors talking about how it makes it, like, easier for them to act. Right. Because, like, it's, you know, like, sometimes I watch, like, like the Genosian, like, droid factory scene (laughs) in, for, like, Attack of the Clones, like, the behind the scenes, and and I'm like, how are they? (laughs) Natalie Portman is like, this has got to be a joke, right? Right. Is this part of the movie, or are you just messing with me right now? And because, like, I'm watching it, I'm like, man, they have, like, remarkably good performances considering what they're actually looking at. Right. You know? And so I think, like, the fact that it, that they get to, like, actually be in the environment more than, yeah. than what they would be otherwise. And, oh, and when they're talking about being able to shoot at dawn for 12 hours, that oh, just like magic sounds hour, amazing. endless magic hour? That is the dope thing. Because you can't, like, it's, so it's literally that shot of, like, Fennec Shand and uh, Toro Calacan. Yeah. Who everybody just, loves. <laughs> Steel. Uh, yeah. Steel's the number one Mostly fan. Steel's number one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that shot is so beautiful. And that's a thing that you would have to be like, yo, we need to get to set at five so we can have everybody painted up and done and set up. Or to that's shoot something. At six to six twenty-two. Yeah, well, or it's one of those things where you're, like, shooting another scene and the sun gets to a point, like, all right, drop everything. we got to do this right yeah, now. Yeah. And it's just because, you know, I hate shooting outside for that reason because the sun and shadows make editing horrible there sometimes. There was a, uh, I think this was in the Q&A at the event at the red carpet when Filoni was talking about it. He might have talked about it before, but there was a very... He did a thing that he was like, yeah, so, like, I was dealing with things that I don't... In animation, I, I do what I want. It doesn't matter. You know, so, like, when I got to set the first day, we were, like, setting up, and they were like, okay, like, we'll probably be ready in 30 minutes. We should get started really soon. You know, that way we don't lose daylight. And he was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you know, sunset's (laughs) going to be at 732, and then we won't, you know, we got to make sure we catch all this before. And he's like, right, right, the sun. Uh Okay. (laughs) Like, he's like, it's an animation. You can do it. And then I like where he was talking about uh, 
think this is a director episode again, and he's like talking about directing people in costume and masks and helmets. I think that was, I think that was the cast episode when they were talking about almost putting Carl Weathers in the alien. Head. Right, and they were like, I think the that guy couldn't sit down because he couldn't see where he was going. <laughs> and then I'm like, I could draw this so much faster. <laughs> for me, that was like a little bit vindicating because you know. And maybe it was for you too, because Filoni's been creating these costumes that are like have all these magic floating pieces and stuff right. that stays on just because it stays on. And mm-hmm. I was like, I had to build this. How does it feel? Yeah, it's hair clips. That's what it is. Hair clips. For me. No, my du- <laughs> when I'm in light armor, Sabine, the comlink is held on by duct tape and hope. Like there's like a little piece of duct tape, and I just have to hope it stays on. Yeah. Sabine's second belt is built on hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Kanan's mask, it's hair. It's hair clips. And it only works because I have dreads. <laughs> if I didn't have dreads, it wouldn't work. Um, yeah. What else? What's the next? Oh, I did, this is going back again, but I did like Filoni talking about how he thought the first Clone Wars call was a joke from the SpongeBob guys. Yeah. And every time he talks about this, he's like, quit it out. Quit messing with me, guys. Like, <laughs> whatever. It's like, oh, Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right. We told that story already, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Every time he tells that, it's hilarious. I like I like Filoni storytelling. Yeah. It's good times. We could do a Disney um, gallery Filoni telling. That's that's just all I want. Just him. You can talk about Rebels, Clone Wars. We should do have Clone Wars Season 7 gallery. That's a Disney Plus thing. Oh, that would be nice. That's I, Disney. I do feel like the amount of uh, panels and Q&As that he's done, we can literally do a Filoni gallery. <laughs> you can just watch like, oh, watch the special features of season one, and I'll watch special features of season two. And here's Filoni talking about Clone Wars coming back. We need like a Filoni like special. It's just like on Disney Plus, you know, they have like different collections, just all Filonis. I think you can build it and you can edit it in with like little cuts from oh, the holiday really? special. Oh, nice. Go for it. <laughs> you have your job. You have your mission. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, episode five, Practical. They talk about... Was that the dog? Yes, he's... I have two snoring dogs that's what laying I thought beside it was. me. That is totally yeah, no, that's not me. <laughs> he's laying on the floor snoring. Awesome. We watched Solo yesterday, and they were snoring, too, the whole time. They sound like lawnmowers sometimes. We, we watched Rogue One, and we watched Knives Out. It was Father's Day, so I got them to sit through two movies with me. <sighs> Knives Out. Knives Out is so I good. I love that movie. Have you, had you seen it before? We saw it. Yeah, we rented it when it like first okay. came out. But it showed up free on Prime, and I was like, I could do that again. And then I was like, man, I should have picked Rogue One. And then 10 minutes into it, I was like, no, I'm good. We'll just watch Rogue <laughs> One. Because, like, you know, like when the movie gets started, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun, and this is cool, and I know it's a great movie. But I'm like, I could have been watching Star Wars right now. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, all at once it grabs you. Once it gets its hooks in you. What was the movie I made, told you guys to watch? Parasite. I made you watch Parasite. Oh, yeah, that was really good, too. I love that. Movies are you good. Need, have you seen Snowpiercer? With Kate Beckinsale? No, the, with Chris Evans. I have no idea what that is. is Snowpiercer? I think it's on Netflix. It's also Bong Joon-ho. It's really good. Because I don't think it's I saw It's not as that. good as Parasite. <laughs> I mean, either way, the answer is no. There was a snow movie with Kate Beckinsale that I didn't see. <laughs> yeah, no, Snowpiercer. It's a train. It has Chris Evans. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's really good. You should watch it. Okay. It's a train, yeah. I've seen any train it's, movies. It makes know. sense. It makes sense when you watch it, but it's really good. I mean, I saw Murder um, in the Orient Express. Yeah, no, it's not like that. It's very, it's an intense movie. There's a legend. If you ever want to watch, 
<laughs> intense and traumatizing movies. I have, I have a list. <laughs> I like those. The kids shy away from them. We just watched a, uh, what did we watch? Just Mercy. There's been a lot of stuff showing up for free on Amazon Prime. So we watched Just Mercy, I've which is really one. good, and Selma, which I had never seen, which is one of Ava's. I like, don't, have, don't think ones. I've seen Selma. It's free on Amazon Prime now. Go. Oh, is Go it? Go forth, watch child. It. Go forth. Okay. <laughs> you uh, should watch yeah. um, City of God, I think it's called. Uh, watch. I probably wouldn't watch it with Axel. He's a little young. Okay. My but... city movie of choice <laughs> is Dark City, usually. Yeah, City of God is very oh, intense. Super intense. Awesome. Uh, but it's it's a Brazilian movie, but it's good. It sounds familiar now, but I don't think I've seen it. It's like about gangs in Brazil. I think I've heard of it, and I just never saw it. It's really good. That's I'll watch Selma, and you'll watch City of God. Okay. Is it free somewhere? And Snowpiercer. Or is it free? Uh, I don't know. City yeah. of God, I don't That's know. That's the trick. <laughs> Find me a free one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I mean... You'll probably find a free somewhere if you look hard enough. Mm. Okay. Episode uh, five, practical effects. Real stories, practical effects. We're back to, like, they showed about the models and how they built the child the and baby. stuff. And the story the baby. about how, uh, what's his name? How Werner Herzog started believing <laughs> in the baby. That's the best. The baby. Yeah. The baby was almost very ugly. Yeah. That was fun. I, every now and then, I like saved a couple of those pictures and I send them to the kids as like reacts to their texts, <laughs> and they're like, uh. "The baby." Yeah, the baby was uh, almost this was... like weird critter kind of gremlin thing. I know, no, and it, I, the one that really stuck out to me was like a quick drawing, but it had like really like little beady eyes. It felt like I mean, it wasn't like a fully fleshed out colored. But do you know which one I'm talking about? It had like beady little eyes and it was just kind of staring the at me. The one soul. that looks worse to me is the one that's like basically the same concept art, but just ugly. But with the teeth. <laughs> just like gross. Was it? <laughs> You're like, this is not cuddly at all. I know. And then, they, uh, they found the perfect one, like yeah. looking at all the concept art. I'm like, I know why, because sometimes I look at concept art and I'm like, eh, that one might have been cool, but right. with Baby Yoda, I'm like, nah, that was no. the one. You got you know, it. You got it right. Strikes, you know, like, and that's a, you know, you hear JJ talking about that sometimes too, where he's like, you know, like when you, you it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it, <laughs> you know, cause once it's like, once again, it's that director like communication. Like, how do you tell people cuter, littler, like, like, what would you say if somebody gave me one of those concept art pieces? I know I would be like, this ain't it, but I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. If Can someone you gave me that. Cuter. Can you make it adorable? <laughs> Well, you, they said some of them were too cute, mm. which I, I don't. Know, I can't. <laughs> I know I can't quite conceptualize Baby Yoda cuter. I think they got it. You know. Yeah. I He's think, perfect. Like the little Baby Yoda frown is the cutest thing. I know. And that's the thing that you would never like. If I was like designing a Baby Yoda, which I don't know how to do, uh, but if I was, and in my head I'm imagining that I have these abilities. I don't know how it would come to be like, can I get my little frowny face? That's horrible, <laughs> right? Like, how do you get to that? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, there's just artistry in things that people don't see. And that if you're not an artist, you don't understand. So like, I can't ever understand it. I don't know how you got there. I just but looked that's up it. the ugly baby Yoda just to look at it. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> ugly baby Yoda. <laughs> ugly baby Yoda. <laughs> that way I know who to block. Well, like I know, well, like I know some people 
Like, I know a few people who thought that Baby Yoda, like, the real Baby Yoda, looked like they didn't like it. Like, they thought it looked weird or ugly. And I just want to, like, it could have been so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know how much worse it could have been. Oh, yeah. And then, like, things like the blurgs and how they... And I like how they keep talking about how they mix the... Like, they use both. And, like, they built the IG kind of thing and got shots out of that, too. Like, that was cool. I think the cool thing to me with the IG was that, like, yeah, he was just, like, a lighting reference. Um, Which, they spent a lot of time on that lighting reference. It looked really good. But then he said, like, they were using it. And they kind of just, like, left it in some of the shots because it looked great. And... Mm -hmm. And they even based, when they were animating it, they based the movements on, like, the awkward yeah, stiffness like how, of like, the... Blocky and, like, <laughs> he moved, which I thought was awesome. But there was also a little bit of that, like... Because when I saw the thing, I was like, okay, we have an IG assassin droid. Like, in real life, how crazy it is going to get? Because it always takes me back to that episode in Clone Wars with Ga knocked and they go sneak aboard a ship and they fight two IG-86s to techno music. Oh, yeah. If you remember those episodes. I remember the early... I remember I was re-watching Clone Wars for season seven. I was like, wow, I didn't remember them using this much techno music yeah. in like, like the first season. They're like breakdancing and like climbing all over <laughs> the walls and stuff. And I was like, okay, like, is that how gangster IG-88 is going to be? Because you compare that to the one episode of Forces of Destiny with IG-88... Where he's basically just, like, the slowest Terminator. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was thinking... Sorry, drop the earbud. I was thinking... Uh, um, I'll forgive you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I was thinking, too, of, like, like, they have a lot of IG units in Clone Wars, too. Like, I think they were in Zero's lair in the movie. Yeah. And they kind of sucked there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't do much. But I was, like... And, like, when I remember them, I remember that episode and how crazy they moved. And I think they show up again in a few episodes, but like in the other episodes, they don't really the do much. Bounty. Yeah, yeah, they're in the bounty. They're like, there's like one with Cad Bane. Yeah, you know, but they well, just like hang and out. And I think and they're not. Crazy. Was there one in the like with Boba Fett and no, Asajj that's, that's High Singer. Oh right, right. That's I was my like, favorite. There's a cool droid in there. That's my favorite bounty hunter droid, C21 High Singer. Okay, I was thinking. I knew there was a droid there. I couldn't remember if it was IG or not. Yeah, he's awesome, and he has this weird like fan on his head. He just looks awesome. <laughs> and then he does like he does what IG he does like kind of what IG does in this episode. Starts spinning around and shooting people. Yeah. But he does it as one move, and he's like like he does it on auto. Um. So I like that they kind of went with a balance of it. He was a little like clunky Terminator, but he was also a little crazy and shooting behind his back and flipping his arms and waist everywhere. Which is dope. You should take advantage of that. Make it awesome. And I love how all of this comes from, like, we just imagined this was the coolest toy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is what our toy did. Like, and that's what you need to see. Like, you need to go beyond that simplicity and remember, like, what made it fun. Why did you like this toy when you were a kid? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what's the story you're telling and what makes it fun? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Well, and I like the um, how they built the half of the sand crawler for the Jawas, because I love Jawas. You know this. Um, you have a I history. Just, you have a I love, I love anything Jawas. They're my weakness. I do like off-world Jawas. I like red eyes and black hoods. I prefer the original Jawas, yeah. but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I, I like these ones, but also he like kills 27 of them. <laughs> like... They're that was horrible. vaporized by the dozen. They get thrown off the edge. Then again, he lives, so I guess they could have caught up later. <laughs> he does, like, toss a little bit that sound like they ain't gonna make it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. They had the Koeku uh, monkey lizards. Oh, yeah. And they were, I remember they were talking about, um, like, the reaction to that in celebration. And I, because I, I was in that panel, so I still mm -hmm. remember, like, they were like, all right, it. we're going to show you the Mandalorian. And so at that point, we hadn't seen, like, anything. anything. Yeah. And so there's, like, this hush that falls over the room. And the first thing is the monkey lizards. Getting I think that was the only thing I texted. Because Lizzie's like, what what, like, what'd they tell you? What'd they show you? And that was all I told her. Because that was all that I could remember, really. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, but that was, like, the first thing. And there was just, like... Like, everyone just got really tense for a second. They're like, what kind of show? <laughs> what? Because it wasn't just that they were cooking one. Like, that's one thing. And then they had another, like, sad one crying in the cage. Yeah. And then I like how that, he says, like, that went back and forth a little while. He was like, then we made it, like, cry. And then it was like, so is that better? So, like, <laughs> so now we had him laugh because people were all sad. So now we had him laugh. So now it's now it's really rude. <laughs> like, but that's what they wanted. So we changed it. You know, I think that's hilarious. But also, yeah. like, yeah, just the fact. Did they mention the monkey apes, too? Maybe. Uh, I think so. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, oh, no, 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 that's not it. You know what? I just read a book, and it's called, like, The Guide to Batu. And they talk uh, about how the, the creature stall, like, they sell kawaki and monkey lizards. Yeah. And they're like, be very careful when you buy kawaki and monkey lizards. Make sure you're shopping at the right store, because some people, like, mistakenly buy baby monkey apes and they grow to be bigger than them <laughs> and, you know like it was like a funny little uh, detail that i got confused with this because star wars um, I, can't, I can't remember i don't know it's the next episode What's the next yeah episode? the practical Process? yeah i like i mean are we going there that one or yeah we can move on unless we're kind of jumping else. around yeah. so let's just let it flow yeah the force will guide uh, us but in process i loved looking at the pre-visualization things they had mm -hmm. for all the shots because it kind of reminded me of like an old video game like when they first started to kind of make things look more yeah. realistic but they still weren't able to really it was like do ps2 kind of like yeah when yeah. it made me like man they can make a mando video game but that's really good well they did in the ps2 era actually right well i mean like <laughs> of the mandalorian just so you know you can play a game that basically looks like that but you're Django. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I want to I wanna play as Baby Yoda. Uh, somebody made a mod for Battlefront where you're Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, Safi, Safi made me get Gmod on the computer, and I don't really still know how it works, but mm -hmm. you can be... Someone made a mod where you can be Baby Yoda in that game. But it, it's a very ugly Baby Yoda. Not as ugly as that concept mm -hmm. art. Well, in Battlefront, you like see it ugly. from the back. So it's like... Your mm. baby Yoda floating around in the crib with a lightsaber floating around you. Oh. I think they just took Yoda's like moves, 
and map them onto a Baby Yoda floating around in a thing skin. That's all you need, right? Yeah. So it's, it's I enough. think I've seen videos of that where like Yoda does a flip and so the, yeah, so the egg does like a crazy thing. Yeah, the, the baby's gonna like, fall out. Yeah, it's weird. Oh well. Um, yeah, all the pre-visualization stuff is really cool. And it's funny to see how far it's like come. You know, because like the first time they kind of used that is like in episodes two and three or... You know, they're like, in episode one, you know, we're yelling at Jake Lloyd, like, and you're turning left, and something in front of you, oh no, like, duck, you know, like. <laughs> and now, you know, we move on to, like, where we can show them in front of them where they're flying and what's going on. We don't have to yell directions to them, which was, like, kind of the episode two speeder chase, you know. Oh, and that, like, was another, that was another thing, too, like, the pre-visualizations, because, like, you look at some, like, older, and like, the first CG animated movies, right. and, like, the finished movie kind of looks like <laughs> what they made is, like, just, like, all right, we just got to do something to test these shots out. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. We've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's dope. Okay, score, I liked a lot because I like music. But I remember my dad watched that one. He was like, that one of itself is going to really like that episode. It was good, like... but it's also good to hear, like, because some people, like, don't, you know, like, like I talked about that communication thing. Like, you have to be able to talk about, you know, like, I work a certain way, other people work different ways, and sometimes that doesn't, like, mesh. So I really like the idea where he was saying, he was like, like, uh, Ludwig Gorenson kind of does things like really free form and that's how I work too I sort of like get the feel of what I'm going for and if the director lets me then I just go with it and sometimes that sucks because then I come back with something that they don't <laughs> want but like you know if you are like in tune with somebody you know like if, if you and the director understand each other then they'll trust you to go your way and like if any steering needs to be made sometimes it can be minimal or they can give you a direction going and then just let you go in that direction and explore your way, which is usually the way that I would work. They would give me an idea of what they were going for and what they would want. And then I would go off in that direction and put my spin on it. And then like, it kind of felt free. And I usually didn't come back. And I, when I, when there's good communication, you come back and they're like, this is dope. This is like beyond what I imagined. And it's perfect. Yay. Let's go forward. And I've done this before too, where you, you come up in the concept phase and you're working with them during pre that way I give him okay this is the movie and this is this and we're talking about it and has this feel and I give him two or three themes and then he takes that and goes and writes to it and then by the time it comes around to scoring like some of the work is already done and it's like it moves along that same trajectory which is interesting um, so I just thought that was cool and I like that he it's like a weird thing because like when you when I see John Williams stuff his stuff is so like organized or orchestrated that it's like wonderful, but also like, I'm like, yeah, I, I can't, I can never do that. And I can never, like, I do not understand this thing and how it works. But when I see this guy, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like, that's how I feel when I do it. Like, that's how I, <laughs> yes, I can very much just go off in this direction. Wow, that's cool that a director trusted you to do that. I love that. That's my favorite thing. Uh, so that's really cool. And that's, again, that's another thing of like, it's almost like casting. Like when Filoni talked about casting rebels and casting, he's like, you relieve yourself of a lot of the duties of director if you cast the right people. You know, when you cast <laughs> Vanessa Marshall as Hera, you don't have to do much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, it, it, it goes itself. So finding a guy 
who could understand what he was doing and was willing to experiment in this different direction. And the director who wanted that, like they were able to find that really quickly. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I thought I didn't, that was a really cool episode. Um, and I, I didn't know that he was roommates with Ryan Coogler. I never knew yeah. that, so I thought that was cool. Uh, another person that I worked with back in the day, like one of the girls that I used to train, she was also his roommate. Oh, really? So I think this was another, like, because I, I knew her when she was living in a house with another guy that I used to train with who was, like, from, like, a straight-up Shaolin monk. Uh, but, like, you know, like, they, they, you know, like, it's, it's really interesting because I saw her post something like, wow, congratulations to my ex-roommate for getting this really cool thing. And I was like, wait, that dude, was that the dude I never met that you lived with? Or was this another <laughs> house? Like... You know, but I think it was another house because I don't know if uh, it was the same people. But I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, I know somebody who knows you. That's <laughs> just cool. What's the steps of, um, what's it called? Shoot. The steps of removal? Like, I know her. So no, one. not removal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't remember what the term is. It's like a film Degrees? Thing. Yeah, the degrees of something. Yeah, I, guess I don't so. know. Yeah, I don't remember. Is that the dog snoring again? Yeah, well, no, he's, it's Freddy just snorting, just being oh, okay. an idiot. Now he's Safi, awake, like, Yeah, <laughs> Safi, you're allowed to make your dumplings, just be quiet. Safi, you're allowed <laughs> to talk about the Mandalorian Disney Gallery, Mandalorian. Safi, Safi didn't watch it. Safi. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch the Disney Gallery. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fine, you podcast with Lizzie and Axel about not watching it. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do podcasts, one about watching yeah. it, one about not watching it. Like, we'll do that for everything. I'll just be like, hey, I read the newest book. Like, hey, we didn't read the book. Uh, our, our opinion on Star Wars has not changed. <laughs> okay. Episode eight, Connections. This was just, like, fun. Yeah. And they just kind of talked about all the, like, the little deep cuts that they threw in, which was, like, fun. But they also touched on, like, hey, like, we got the 501st to come out. So, yay, 501st. And then they talk to the 501st. And, like, I'm from here, so I know, like, a lot of those guys. <laughs> you know? But mm -hmm. uh, one of them, his name's Jeff Leone. And I think he's, like, the one that did the most talking. The Australian dude. Oh, yeah. I worked with him back in the day. We used to do a lot of stuff for Imperial Surplus. So me and he's, like, the stormtrooper guy. Like, when anybody needs help with like a stormtrooper, he's like the guy who can get you centurion and everything or whatever. Uh, he's like the guy. And he's hilarious and he's funny and he's humble. And he was like, hey man, I didn't know what I was doing here. And then I got here and I was like, man, this is cool. And I hung out with him like after that happened. And he was basically said the same thing, uh, which was adorable just to see Jeff being like, man, this is awesome. I like Star Wars. And here I am in a, in a Star Wars. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, I liked, um, that was like a good 504, obviously not intentional, but the timing, I think, was a nice reminder of what the 501st is supposed to be, if anyone knows anything about. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Because um, uh, I think people are losing sight of that, um, yeah. unfortunately. It's been a thing. Yeah. But, you know. Like, as long as you remember why. Like, like my thing is I just, I gravitate to good people. There are plenty yeah. of, you can find plenty of crappy people anywhere. You don't need yeah. a club for that. Uh, 
And there are crappy people in this club, just like the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I don't hang out with those people. Yeah. Tell you who I do hang out with? Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's good people. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there was, a, I think they showed Mark, Mark Edwards is the guy who takes like that picture that we use for everything, which is like the whole family dressed up in kit. Oh, and really? like rebels. Like Mark Edwards is a photographer. He took that picture of us that shows up on like every our Star Wars story or Disney, <laughs> first in Disneyland or whatever. Like usually like when everybody asks us for a picture, it's that Mark Edwards picture. So uh, sorry, Mark Edwards, because if he was like making money off of that picture, <laughs> he would probably be rich by now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was cool. They talked about the running of the hoods and the Wilbur hoods. I was, I saw like, I was like pausing when I was watching that. I'm like, I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> the running of the hoods. That was my, that was that's great. my people. And the Camtono. And yes. Which is wonderful. That was the thing with the last episode. I was kind of watching it. I'm like, I already kind of knew this, right. all this, but well, it's yeah. still fun to hear him talk about it. It is. It is. And it's always great to hear like what they think of and I like the idea that he talks about where he's like the whole idea that we did for the show is like you know like our older brother took all the cool toys he took Han Luke <laughs> and Leia and Vader and we have like all the crappy toys <laughs> like and one Mando that we repainted <laughs> you know so we have like the Ugna and we have like the IG droid and we have like a Jawa so I thought that was such a funny way of looking at it which is, like, not a really thing that I think about when I think about the fringes of Star Wars. Because, honestly, like, I usually enjoy the outside stories because you're able to tell such a freer story. You don't have to connect it. Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't have to connect the strings. You can literally yeah. do what you want. Well, I kind of thought... I, I mean, sorry. I thought it was funny, like... Because I feel like you and me have different perspectives on what's, like, fringe Star Wars. Because... Uh, like, when I think Star Wars, like, I kind of get caught up in, like, what we do. And I'm like, well, everyone knows who IG-88 is and everyone knows, right. like, all this stuff. And then, like, but it was, like, like listening to John Favreau have to, like, explain Wilro Hood. I'm like, yeah, I guess not everybody <laughs> knows who Wilro Hood is. <laughs> Every celebration, there are a lot of confused people. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is this, sir? Like, I came like, because I like a Star Wars. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard was, like... Listening to, that's, is that a father or a Marty? Hi, I'm podcasting about podcast? Disney Gallery. Yes. Hi. Hello. Um. Okay. Yeah. No. But it, like, <laughs> like Bryce Dallas Howard was like so amused, like listening. Sorry. So many <laughs> um, um, Sorry. I live she in was house so. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so amused, like hearing John Favreau explain like the running of the hoods and everything, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I guess people don't know what that is right it's not like such a common knowledge thing and like i really i always understood the fringe thing Our newest <laughs> i'm talking to sal but we're not why on sal? zoom why not i don't know i said i watch on zoom uh because i can record better quality through not zoom i'm sorry i'm living my life that's my line by the way <laughs> um all right okay are we uh, saying Kim Tao now? You should tell Sal that you set up your podcast right in the middle of the house. I did, yeah. Did you? I did, well, because upstairs it was cold. Um, um, my room's a mess right now because right. I'm painting the walls so everything's moved. Does your room all sorts also of places. have like blankets or a jacket? Or... No, yeah, well, I mean, it's mostly that everything's torn apart. Uh, 
in my room. And I can't bring my laptop up in my bed because I have a loft bed. So, so you're like remodeling? Yeah, well, I'm just painting. Like I painted Ketsu. Well, I painted, yeah, cool. I painted the giant mural and then I painted a Pergo and then I painted a Puffer Pig and then I painted Ketsu and now I'm painting Chopper. Nice. Uh, I have many plans. <laughs> right, and many paintings. Yes. Because that's what Sabine does. Mm-hmm. Next is a loft cat and then Kanan. All right. You want me to like, do I need to like pose or? No, I'm doing, you out. Like <laughs> I'm doing the, the moonbeam. Oh yeah, okay. That's my yeah. favorite one. Yeah. I, I, I'll send you a picture of that one anyway, because I've done okay. that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, I like the, and especially when I was growing up, like the idea of what fringe Star Wars is, because like even now, like we're the rebels and we're like, yeah, we got a whole show. And there are people that are like, I'm sorry, I don't watch cartoons. Or there are people that are like, I'm sorry, what, what, who are you? Are you Boba Fett? Are you pink Boba Fett? You yeah. Know. So, <clears throat> I mean, if you even want to get real, some people consider Boba Fett a fringe character. Yeah. But it's, um, it's like, just, it was just, it's just funny to think. Cause they're like, yeah, you know, we're bringing like, they were talking like, yeah, we're just bringing like the really subtle small things. And I'm just like, what? What small things? <laughs> oh, I was really happy the other day. I did the, uh, I did the, the first order transmissions. Is it first order transmissions? No, now it's Kessel Run transmissions. They had like a little show that they did last weekend <clears throat> to raise money for like a lot of the uh, of some of the Black Lives Matter causes. And uh, so I was on there for like a while, and they were like taking donations for different things, and they were also doing trivia. So like, I like, I like slow danced around Araj doing trivia <laughs> and like beat him like 10 to 1 and then Haas came on and I had to pay much more attention uh, but it was fun because I got to uh, I did I did pretty well I do pretty good. good on the trivia I know my Star Warsies <laughs> but like I said when I was younger like everything is fringe because only people know Vader, Luke, Leia, Han you know like nobody knew like, I was all about, like, dude, the Rogue Squadron books are awesome. I like Wedge. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually in the movies. Really? The guy that talks three times, once in each movie? <laughs> That's him. You know. And, and then, if you read the books back then, all the books were like, Han, Luke, and Leia went on vacation. Oh, no, the kids got kidnapped. <laughs> like, the books were very much about Han, Luke, and Leia. And then every now and then you'd find, like, hey, this is a X-Wing, Rogue Squadron. This is a book about pilots. You know, and as it goes on, they like, hey, here's a book about some Jedi, you know, like as the prequels came out and stuff. But I really like getting away from the main stories because you're able to see new things. And that's another thing I like with new books that happen these days. It's like, hey, we got Alphabet Squadron and like Hera's in it, but this is new people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... When you said just now that Wedge was fringe, it never occurred to me that Wedge is like a fringe character. Because I think of him like, yeah, one of like the main guys. Like he survived yeah. New Hope, but oh, then I guess he doesn't movies. really. Yeah, he's in three I guess movies. he, he's he doesn't speak. Yeah, he's so. in three of the major, like, you know, uh, galactic conflicts in the world that we know about in galactic <laughs> history. But if you ask like anybody there. who watches the movie, they're like, oh, wait, he said, look at the size of that thing. And then like ran away. And then, like, uh, he shot down he, him and his buddy. Luke talked to him and had him shoot a tow cable. And he said, good shot, Jansen. And then he also said, uh, I get no reading. Are you sure? <laughs> like, 
So yeah. he's like, they never say his name in the movie. Oh, no, wait, they do. Never mind. I think they do. Maybe like once. <laughs> yeah, they do say his name in the movie. But most he's, people... Well, he's in four movies because he's in Rise of Skywalker, That's true. too. For like a couple seconds. Like for me, that like, if you know that he is like... Have you read any of the books? Do you know about Wedge's connection to Snap? I've, he, I've read Aftermath. Okay. The trilogy. Like, he's basically Snap's, like, stepfather. And so it's weird in the movie when, like, Snap dies. And then Wedge is like, hey, everybody. Like, Hi. Oh, wow. Like, I hope you don't know. Like, this is going to be tough when you get back home. I know. But, I wonder like, how Nora Wexley's doing, though. Yeah, I mean, she should have been there. Where's your wiving? Maybe she was in another gun in the Falcon. Mm -hmm. Falcon has two guns, right? Yeah, but she flies Y-wings. She likes Y-wings. Well, there there was probably a Y-wing in there somewhere. There was a lot of them. I don't know what they looked like. Zori was in one. Yeah, she was in a Y-wing. Yeah, okay. I like to think that, like, Nora Wexley and, like, Hera and like Yvonne Verlaine and Shara Bay all like just like hung, hung out sometimes and just for like pilot lady like weekly dinners or something. And since we're all on this like tangent now, let's just go <laughs> full out and talk about squadrons. Like, I what what if you see Nora? Like we know we kind of see her. Oh yeah. What if you could see young Yeager? Yeager was at the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. You know like. Yeah, I watched that trailer. I was. I, um, cause I didn't watch a trailer, but one of my friends sent me a picture of Hera mm -hmm. and the first thing I thought was her nose is the wrong shape and that's how I knew I needed to calm down, <laughs> but <laughs> it is, it doesn't, it doesn't point up like it does in the show, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Realistic um, style. <laughs> but yeah, no, that game looks awesome. It's, I was kind of hoping the next, like I love a pilot game, but like we did just have a pilot game after Return of the Jedi. Like, what? <laughs> Battlefront 2. Does that count? I mean, I guess it does. I wouldn't really call it a pilot game. I guess. You do piloting. You do. But do it's about pilot. a pilot. I, I wouldn't even say that. You're like a type. She does fly. But yeah. I mean, we don't fly as her much. Like, I'm excited. I'm just like, kind like, of just like moved it back a few years. I hear what you're saying, but I also feel like this is like, like that game has pilots but it really focuses on running around and gunning yeah and i would say that this one probably will focus on the pilots and lean the yeah. other way but either way what i want is i want a battlefront 2 quality story yeah as long as i get that sure. I th i'm pretty sure i'll be happy um i wonder if it's uh, did they say if it's because i i would like it to be like two campaigns you can play you can play like the rebel campaign what? is that how they said it's going to be they said like it's going to switch back and forth so i think oh. it's one campaign but you go back and forth on both sides which sounds okay. crazy. It sounds like Lost Stars, where you switch between Sienna and Thane. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Um, yeah. I wonder just how many times we're gonna see the Battle of Jakku, because I feel like <laughs> we have so much I mean, Battle of Jakku at this point, and we, it's a cool battle. It's gonna be. It's gonna end up being like the. Uh, back in my day, every video game like had a Hoth level. Yeah. <laughs> So you played through Hoth 17 million uh, times. Yeah, we were just playing Battlefront. Me and Safi were just playing Battlefront mm -hmm. 1, the original Battlefront 1. Like we PS2? were playing on Hoth. Xbox, the first Xbox. Uh, we don't, I don't know PlayStation. Uh, 
Yeah, but me and Safi, when we were little, we always used to play as the rebels so we could take the Tauntauns and hide them in the hills so the Tauntauns didn't have to die in the battle. <laughs> so we'd always lose because we just spent all our time rescuing Tauntaun. Like, we'd shoot rebels off of Tauntauns to take the Tauntaun and go save it back and hide it behind, like, Echo Base. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful and hilarious. I do spend a lot of time walking around Battlefront to the, P the like the new one, and just looking at the like worlds and stuff. I'll be like, oh man, like, like me and Axel spent like a good half an hour trying to climb the Yavin Temple, <laughs> and all we kind of discovered was that when Palpatine jumps, like you can kind of see up the skirt a little bit, and it's funny. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, that might have been Battlefront One, but hey, uh, just as funny. Yeah, me and, when we played Battlefront 1, the new Battlefront 1, me and Safi, we would play the heroes against each other. But what happened is, I think I was playing as... I forget who I was playing as. I think I was Leia, and she was the Emperor. And she'd kill me as the Emperor, but I'd get her down to, like, one health, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go get her. And then she'd kill herself. So she'd get all her health back, but I wouldn't get a point <laughs> for killing her. And she's, like, wow. grinning at me while I'm telling the story. But like that was how she always did it every time, and it worked. It made me so mad. That's hilarious. Safi's a, a schemer when it comes mm -hmm. to games. Nice. She's got her little moves. <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just so much cool stuff that we could have. Like, imagine piloting a U-wing, and then like you're taking Cara Dune somewhere. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, she was a yeah. drop trooper. Like, I that's want what U-Wings do, don't they? I want a Cara Dune game. I want a Cara Dune anything. Yeah. <laughs> I want a game, movie... Uh, but that would be a good Battlefront game, because she was in a company. Yeah. That, that's, you know? it, it would literally be the opposite of Inferno Squad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what she is, I think. She, yeah, I, I want to be Cara Dune. Yeah. Cara Dune is my favorite thing in The Mandalorian, maybe. For she's right, second to Baby Yoda, but... I will say... <laughs> I'll say, for now, I'm going to say she's my favorite thing. Yeah. But, um... Come at me on Twitter, I dare you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah. I just, I think, I know video games take a very long time to create, but I just want more <laughs> Star Wars games. Yeah. I haven't finished Jedi Fallen Order yet, though, That's to really do that. Good. You should. I just, I always get frustrated because the map is horrible, and I have no sense of direction, and I end up, like, finishing the level, and it's like, all right, get back to the... So what's the, what's the ship called? I, and then I get lost uh, trying to get back to the ship. Okay. I just get really frustrated. The Mantis. Uh, yeah, so the Mantis. you said two things. You said the map is horrible and I have no sense of it. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that they might be connected. Yes, and, they are. Um, I will say that there is no... We were talking about this the other day, but you guys won't probably hear it until next week or last week, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Um, because that's the episode that I'm going to release next probably. Which, which will have come out before this episode that I'm talking into now, maybe. Because who knows how I do things. But anyway, we're talking about there's no fast travel. <laughs> so you can't be like, oh, I need to warp to the ship now. I went to do the thing, and I can go to the save point. You can't do that in Jedi Fallen Order. You literally have to go land on your ship and go wherever you're trying to go. And if you don't know your way around, it's very confusing. But I said, on the flip side of that, playing through the entire game and going and searching those things lets you really take in those environments because the environments are gorgeous. And I like know, like I literally can be like, oh, I'm gonna go to the top, of the top of the cliff and look out under the sunset because I know where all those places are. Whereas if I played it through and I could fast travel and skip it later, I would have probably forgotten all of it. 
That's a fair point. It's I just I just get lost. It's like, not a good point, but it's a fair I, point. <laughs> like I end up getting I end up getting um I end up getting um sorry, they're talking. I end up getting um I just like I've ended up finding a lot of the secrets. Like I'm on Kashyyyk. I'm stuck on Kashyyyk right now because I finished like the stuff there. I just can't get back to the mantis. I'm just going in circles. Um, but I ended up like finding like some of the secret stuff just from like getting lost and yeah. being like, I don't think I've tried this way yet. And then it's like, oh, giant spiders. Right. Great. Oh yeah, that's like that's another thing. Those like secret mini buses that you don't know exist yeah. until you're like, oh. This is an extra secret special boss <laughs> I cannot just kill him and it hurts and I'm dead. Yeah, well, I'm, I play story mode because okay. I suck, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it, don't worry. Story mode is, is worth it. Grit your teeth and, like, learn, learn the maps. <laughs> it's worth it. I love Saw in that game. Saw, so I've only met him a little bit so I mean, far, I kind of love great. Saw a little bit everywhere, but, like, <laughs> in general. But, yeah, it's good stuff. Anyway, where were we? Connections. Uh, we went yes. through Real Road, we went through the 501st, <laughs> we went through IG droids. Was there anything else? Um, well, I, I'd actually, there was something I didn't know was that the IG head was made from the Tatooine. Um, right, the, the Mos Eisley. Eisley. Yeah. 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 And then, like, they showed, like, that scene. I'm like, oh my god, that's so obvious. Yeah. And then I like how they even, they were like, oh, it's like red and, well, on this side and green on this side. And that's the part that I never knew. Yeah, I never would have. That's the cool thing, though. That's something like, like if this wasn't being made by Star Wars fans, I don't think they would have paid attention to that detail. Right. Because ultimately, it's inconsequential, and just because of the, the color grading on the Mandalorian and the brevity of the shots in the cantina, you probably wouldn't be able to really tell. Right. right. But like the fact that, that they. They did that because they wanted to make it look so good. Yeah. And not because they felt like they had to. Right. And then, like, a step beyond that, they were like, what if the droid is the bartender now? And now they serve droids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just a little simple thing like that. Like, you would have either had somebody like, well, let's just cast somebody that looks like that dude, or let's just have another dude. You know or what I mean? Like, they could um, have someone play the B. Arthur bartender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's canon. She's in um, From a Certain Point of View. That's right. Although now we're going to have to Wait. call that the From a Certain Point of View A New Hope. Because yeah. they're doing the new one. Well, she's yeah. mentioned in that book. She's not in it. Right, right. It does, uh, and in that book they also reveal that a Wookiee owns a cantina, right? Yes. So that's canon too. <laughs> Chalman's Cantina. Um, yeah, Wookiee bartender doesn't sound great though. No, I feel like that's, they have to wear like a full body hairnet. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a like plastic little, like, like when you see nuclear people hand handling nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, this was a wonderful series. Like, this is what I would expect to see if I got a Blu-ray, hint, hint, of The Mandalorian. <laughs> I hope that this is, this is here now. If I ever get a Mandalorian season one on Blu-ray, but it comes with extra stuff and commentaries and lots of things because I like to hear these people talk about what they love. And I really like the directors a lot. And they, they seemed like, because they had all the different round tables, and it, like all of them seemed like they were fun, having fun. Like they weren't like, 
Yeah, so then we, you know, built, put the camera here. Like, they were, like, having fun and laughing. Yeah. And talking, which is awesome, yeah. you know? And really, I think, like, feeding off each other's energies, which is such yeah. a, like, you know, like, Hollywood can be crazy, and, like, there are egos involved. So once you, like, get something like this, and these people are literally just, like, making something they love and enjoying their time doing it, that's, like, why magic comes across on the screen, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, like, I think, like, you all, whenever you watch, like, any behind-the-scenes stuff or any Star Wars, like, they always seem to be having, like, they're fun, like, they're working. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's, like, videos, I'm, I'm sure there's videos on, like, every Star Wars set of them, like, dancing or something and just, like, enjoying it, which is good, because it's, I mean, because I know, so, like, sometimes for me, reading, like, behind-the-scenes stuff on movies, stuff where, like, like I know like actors or crew members were like miserable making it. It just makes me feel bad when I'm watching it. So it makes me feel really good to know that like, I love watching this as much as they love making it. Yeah, awesome. I agree. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen next. I don't think we're due for Star Wars for a while until this comes back, at least Star Wars on a screen. I mean, season October. two. Yeah. Isn't this, yeah, October. And then, and then what? <laughs> I hope. Because Cassie and Obi Wan can't film. Right, but I hope the time of celebration, like, gives us something new to look forward to at the very least. Yeah. Hey, show me another trailer of a video game, or season two of The Mando, or a picture, or an extra behind the scenes. Or things. maybe by then we'll have the Finding Ezra series. We can only hope. We can only hope. Or what? What else could there be? Whatever Taika Waititi's doing. Yeah. Because he has a movie. Oh, I'm looking forward to still all of the... Uh, well, they, now that got delayed, so never mind. The um, High Republic stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it's only books and comics, but still. It's still cool. Um, I'm a big fan of Daniel Jose Older. <laughs> I like his oh, universe I love, that he brings. He love Last Shot. was amazing. Last Shot is great. And in... From a certain point of view, he does a story about a stormtrooper who loves a dubek, and it is wonderful. <laughs> and then he reads the audiobook. So if you have it in audiobook form, I check it out from the library. He reads it, and it's hilarious. Also, perfect. <laughs> um, what and else is there? That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm just saying back to Taika because he's amazing. Um. I've been saying for years that I want him to direct a movie with Donald Glover's Lando. So I just need to put that energy into the world. Okay, out. Because I think that would be a great combination. I'd be down with that. I would like it to go back a little further, that way there's all three. Yes. I would be good for him with either L3 or him, like, however he manages to become, like, like, like what, the Baron Administrator is his title City. of Cloud City. Mm -hmm. Like, how did he swing that? That's yeah. what I want to know. We keep getting around that, and I'm still very curious. So I hope, yeah, I, I too am like, all right. Or, like, how did he get the Falcon? Like, a lot of these things are, like, the fun little pieces. Like, and now we have the story of how he lost it. He wanted it in Sabacc, didn't he? That's right, what Kira yeah. said. But from where? From who? Like, I'm curious from now. From who? Yeah. Maybe it was one of the people that stole it from Han. Maybe, like, I want it back now that it's famous. Yeah. Oh, there's a comic with the, uh, what is his name? Uh. Duquesne. There's a comic book, a Star Wars Adventures comic, that is basically the story of how Duquesne stole the Falcon from Han. 
Nice. <laughs> so if you ever wondered how Han lost the Falcon, go look for that Star Wars Adventures. Uh, it's fun. It's funny. And it's not what you expect, which I love when Star Wars does. All right. With that, I believe we can bid adieu to this episode, and we will catch up on future Star Wars stuff soon. Have you read any good books lately? Um, reading Inferno Squad. Ooh, it's one of my favorites. Let yes. me know when you're done. We'll talk about it. Okay. I like, you know I like Christy Golden. Yes. Okay. Of course. Of course. Okay. I was Sal. Um, I was Zoe. And we were a podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, we forgot to tell everybody where they can find us. You can uh, check out my guest at Star Wars Geek Girl, anywhere you get podcasts. Zoe, where can they find you, like you particularly on the internet? Myself? Well, I mean, Star Wars Geek Girl Twitter is SW, and Instagram is SW Geek Girl. Uh, my Instagram is Spectre5. Awesome. That's it. That's all I have. Uh, we're on Instagram at The Rogue Rebels. You can check us out at TheRogueRebels.com where we talk about books and comics and costumes and all kinds of stuff. And we have a Facebook page. Go follow that and like that. And that's enough. Go like and rate our podcast five stars <laughs> because you love us and we need it. Okay? And go do that with Star Wars Geek Girl too. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>